my favorite part of this race was when Alonso passed Carlos for third. He goes, yes, bye-bye. <laughs> the dude's got charisma for like, days. I'm uh, so disappointed. I wanted to dance in the car. Welcome back to Formula Breakdown. This is episode one. Today, me and Caleb are going to be talking about the Bahrain Grand Prix, the Gulf Air. It's in the pocket. It's out of sight. Man, Red Bull. What a race. In preseason testing, you know, we saw Red Bull kind of stumble a little bit and maybe not look as good as we thought. Caleb, what are you thinking now? Eh, I don't think they stumbled. I, You know, preseason testing, like we've said and everyone has said, it's hard to judge anything off of that. Uh, even even during practice, everyone was like, oh, well, Red Bull is, you know, they're mediocre. Uh, Aston Martin's really good. Is Ferrari holding back? You know, we had all of these questions. And I had a feeling that Red Bull was going to be up in the front. Now, did I think they were going to win by 12 seconds? Max had on Sergio, and Sergio, he had somewhere around 20 seconds on Fernando. I know Fernando was 38 seconds back behind Max. So, I mean... I didn't think it was going to be that dominant, but think we're. It, this is coming from a Red Bull fan. It's hard for me to say. Oh no, they're 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 too good. <laughs> I'm glad they're too good, but uh, it was an exciting race. Yeah, a one-two for them, and Max's very first ever debut win for a season. And I think it's the first time he's won in Bahrain as well. Kind of what we expected. Kind of what we were hoping not to see. Because, yeah. yeah, it's great that they won, but, man, did we really want them to win by, like, a whole sector, you know? I, that was kind of difficult. Do you think anybody, based on what you saw this weekend, stands a chance of catching them in the near future? Or do you think it's going to be, like, late in the season before anyone's able to chip away? I know a lot of people have upgrades coming in the next few weeks. And we were just looking at the schedule, and we have, like, a three-week break after the next couple races, I believe. I think you have such a dominant performance like they just had. It's hard to say that someone's going to catch up to them. Who's to say that Max and Sergio weren't just half-throttling the entire time near the end of the race It still the Aston Martin wasn't able to catch up? You really don't know how hard they were pushing towards the end of the race because they didn't need to. They could not run as you know really hard and actually push the car because they had a huge lead. They were just saving tires point. at this point. So yeah, they were managing. You don't really know how to judge the Red Bull right now until they actually have to go wheel to wheel to another car and fight for that position. They kind of just coasted. And there's not another car right now really that's on the grid that's really competing against them other than maybe the Aston Martin. They looked great, but it's hard to bet against Red Bull right now. It was a dominant performance. That other podium today was 41-year-old two-time world champion Fernando Alonso for his, with his first podium in two or three years. So that was kind of that was really for me the highlight of the race. I think it was and everyone's highlight. It's so hilarious because you literally predicted that to a T. I think yeah. we were discussing who's the surprise podium of the year, and you said, "Oh, it's going to be Alonso uh, in the Aston Martin after a Ferrari." mechanical failure i'm like oh yeah that okay that's plausible maybe that happens later on in the season no no nope. first race i just could i couldn't see ferrari going a whole season without another dnf now did i think it was gonna be the first race 
and they were just going to sweep in and like just talk about my prediction some more. We were we recorded that show before practice even happened. Yeah, we, we hadn't we, seen a thing. Yeah, we hadn't seen anything. So I was going strictly off testing. And even during practice, everyone was saying, oh, the Aston Martin isn't fueled as much as the rest of the cars. So that's why they're looking fast. And then qualifying came around and they were, what, six P5? Yeah. P5, yeah, yeah P5. In, I think he was between the Mercedes. Yeah, and Strolls with a broken hand qualified P8. So you're like, okay, this car's got something. It's, you know, we can't leave out Aston Martin without talking about Lance Stroll a little bit. Yeah, man, like really admirable. Honestly, everyone gives him a hard time and he's an easy one to poke fun at. And like him and his father, kind of ridiculous. But to see him make it through that 53 lap race or whatever it was with two steel rods in his hands, like that was impressive. And a broken toe. I kind of was watching him with my hands in my face, waiting for him to mess something up. And he nearly did in turn four, you I know, believe. I don't know if you can find that all. It, he was battling Russell going into that turn. Right. And it was, if they would have wrecked, I don't know. I don't know. It was so close to just being a racing incident that, but you could have easily pointed towards Stroll just because he's always done a lot of stupid things like that. I don't think he needed to necessarily race that hard into the, you know, the fourth turn on the race. Um, yeah, they almost ruined their whole day. Great result from them. One more, one more question for Aston Martin. Do you think on the right day that they could take it to Red Bull? If they can have a good start, if they could qualify where they need to, do you think they could in the straights and, and in the corners get around Red Bull and, and maybe actually get a win? In the right circumstances, I think they can. You know, we haven't got to see Red Bull's tire degradation very much. A lot of these cars that are racing behind other cars, just because of like the turbulent air, you hear the term dirty air a lot. And that's basically when the air is coming off the back of the car in front of you and you aren't getting any downforce on the front of your car. So you're using way more tire grip instead of aero grip on the front end of your car. So you're just scrubbing tires away. So Red Bull didn't have that all race. So they had great tires people like mercedes who were racing like george was racing with hamilton and his tires were going away uh yeah. red bull has some bad qualifying and they start back somewhere in the pack you could easily see them maybe not do good we haven't seen them have to deal with tires yet we, they kind of just got to run out front all day away from each other and, and honestly that was one of the more boring parts of the race yes so that's why like, I don't have much to say about Red Bull either. They definitely just took the car that they had last year and refined it. Kind of like we were saying in the last episode. Didn't didn't look too concerned. Everyone else was kind of scrambling and they looked pretty content. But yeah, Aston Martin sitting second in the Constructors' Championship after the first race. That's insane. And definitely the most welcome like shakeup in the order. And then right after them, we have Mercedes, who they spent much of the race kind of leapfrogging, which is not something I thought would we would be talking about this year. So you had Lewis and, and George kind of finishing top of the midfield, and that's just a really weird place for them, right? Yeah, it's weird. Even Lewis said, you know, we're we've got the fourth fastest car now. He had admitted that into his in his post race interview. I saw that as well. And you're like, oh it was weird because did you watch the post race interviews? I watched some. I saw where George talked about how 
he has every reason to expect Red Bull is going to win every single race this year. Well, did you year, see how George was like, mad oof. at the team? Like, hey, we got to improve. But Hamilton, no, no, yeah, George was like, you know, we've got a lot of improvement to do. We still got to work. And then Hamilton was like, oh, I felt like that was one of my better first laps. And he was like, happy-go-lucky. And granted, I only saw like a couple clips of interviews. So who knows if Hamilton said something. But it was kind of weird that like Hamilton kind of seemed almost content. I think Hamilton is happier in relation to where they were at the start of last year. Possibly. Even though he got a podium on the first race last year. I think that the car isn't shaking him to death. And I think he just feels like this is a better square zero for him for for them to move off of. I imagine the car that we see in three or four races for Mercedes is going to look pretty different, especially based on kind of what Toto Wolf was alluding to after the race. Yeah, I and, think not much to say about Mercedes. I mean, they looked pretty middling. The fact that Aston Martin is getting around them when literally Aston Martin has Mercedes engines, like I, I believe they shared aero time with with Mercedes. It, has to be a blow to and, Toto. And, and the it's team. the same engine. I mean, they have a half of the same car. Why aren't they going as fast? So <laughs> it is a it's, I saw, it's a blow. I saw a funny I saw a funny clip of Toto walking like pacing quickly down the garage and the caption was Toto going to get his engine back or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. true. Yeah. It's 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 embarrassing for them. I I think we see a different Mercedes by the end of the year. And I mean like shape aerodynamics everything i think this whole zero side pod test it should have been done last year i think they gave one more stab at it it's better it's not they're not competing they're just coasting around like mclaren was a few years ago in you know fourth place they're having to play very defensively yeah like they were, there's no there's no real offense happening like you saw lewis near the end it's like oh he might get signs he had nothing left all he could do is Pray no one else was going to come around them. They were in more people's highlights than they had their own. There wasn't much to talk about. No. It's a little bit less depressing than last year because their car isn't shaking apart. But let's, the only reason they even got as far as they did is because of Ferrari, who finished overall fourth thanks to a DNF from Charles Leclerc. Can you be too surprised that that's still an issue? No, but Ferrari fans out there, they can't just hang their hat on this first race. Look at Red Bull in their first race last year and look at Ferrari in their first race last year. That's true. It's the same. It's just they're looking in a mirror almost uh, other than at least one Ferrari finished. It's it's definitely disheartening. I hate it for Leclerc. Uh, he, he deserves better. I expected Ferrari to have some growing pains with like new management in place, but I really was hoping for them to sort out this engine and reliability issue. And I believe I saw Leclerc had actually, before the race even started, taken a new energy store. And you only get two of those in the season before you have to take a grid penalty. So he took a new energy store before the race even started and DNF'd. So that was just a total waste. I'm not yeah, sure I, if that's the exact mechanical problem he had. I didn't know that. I, it, it has to be a gearbox issue. I, I'm, I, I haven't seen them talk about it really. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what they say throughout the week to see what actually happened or if we ever find out what happened. It's, yeah, it sucks for Ferrari, but at the same time, they can turn their season around and win a few races. Speaking of like kind of that, we have never seen winners of the first race go on and win the championship. Or not never, oh, but it's, it, it's been several years. 
Yeah, they call it the Bahrain Curse. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know how far it goes back. I just heard one of the commentators talking about it. So you're like, okay, well, do you, do you really want to win the first race? Like, <laughs> maybe this plays into Ferrari. You know, let's get the kinks ironed out early instead of them coming on late. I saw some jokes about that, like Ferrari, like intentionally throwing their <laughs> first race away to right? avoid the curse. Yeah, who, so, who knows? And, uh, if, that, if that's their strategy, well done. If that was plan A, holy crap. <laughs> Hey, at least we didn't see Plan F and Z and everything today Jesus. that we know of. Yeah, I, they seem like their strategy was at least on point this this time. They they just didn't. I don't know. They, their engine just wasn't. Uh, something happened. Who knows? We'll find out. Hopefully, it definitely was a stumble out of the blocks for them for a team that was leading the championship last year to only have one driver finish and. Let's be let's be honest. Like if if Sainz issues had been happening early in the race, he probably wouldn't. He probably would have been at the back of the points. Yeah. So after Ferrari had Alfa Romeo, who really kind of had a pretty quiet race. Valtteri was just really off, kind of off screen, doing his thing, climbing the order, clean racing, doing the passes he needed to do. Any thoughts on Alfa Romeo and what they did today? So joke on you. He recorded the fastest lap, and this kind of we can transition to Alpine from here. He blocked Alpine from getting fastest lap. He blocked uh, Pierre from scoring that extra point. So that was some good strategy. They are neck and neck, you know, two and four points. I mean, that's not much, but every point matters. And so they blocked them from scoring an extra point. So no one got fastest lap uh, that extra point. Really interesting strategy. Yeah. And I'm kind of, it's kind of fun to see someone utilize that. I, makes me wonder if the FIA will change that. Yeah, I think it's been around for long enough that it's just part of the game at this point. Yeah, but then it makes you wonder, like, if they keep allowing that, is some, like, back-of-the-pack race, they're going to do that every race just to steal a point away from a, a potentially a competitor? I mean, that it's there, so do it until it gets exploited. <laughs> it's never been exploited. That is kind of the MO It's of just the one. I mean, it's just one point. I know I say it's just one point, but... If it's coming down to one point, then that means the season's going pretty good. And it we've seen that, so it's not, not impossible. Yeah, not much to report for me for Alfa Romeo either. Just kind of nice to see Valtteri finishing the points again. Yeah, quiet race in yep. general for both of Alpine. them. Alpine. Holy crap, what was going on with Alpine today, man? Talk about two different ends of the stick going on at Alpine today. You have uh, Pierre going from P20 all the way to... What was it? Ninth. Ninth. He got to ninth. Yeah. He climbed 11 places. Yeah. yeah. So that's ridiculous. After qualifying, I almost like wrote him off. I was just like, oh, well, Alpine doesn't have Alonzo, so they're probably just going to be this middle to lower pack team, which they tried to represent that today. Crazy day for them. I feel like Ocon woke up and said, I want to be on the screen as much as possible, so I'm going to get every penalty I could think of. Him and his crew, the pit crew, that touching the car, I think it was like 4.6 seconds is when they touched it, the first touch. So they were literally half a second from not receiving that other penalty. They still had plenty of them. Man, it, they just, I mean, they retired the car because they had so many stupid penalties. Really strange day for, for Ocon, who's usually another one who, who you don't see a ton of on screen, but he's just kind of quietly climbing the order and... Finished ahead of his teammate last year and helped bring Alpine up to fourth place last year. And see him kind of start the season like this, it's kind of 
head scratcher. So, so after that, we have holy crap, Williams scoring points as of today is in seventh place in the constructors championship, which is really fun to talk about. They have one point. I, I, you know, if you listen to our preseason show, I wasn't high on Logan Sargent, but he did decent. He could have probably been in points, you know? So highest placing of the rookies. Yeah. Who the hell would have called that? I, I didn't have it. I, I didn't see Nick DeFries doing that bad. I didn't see McLaren have as bad of a day as they did. I think there's kids who live on my block who've raced more than Logan Sargent has. <laughs> oh, you can't say that. To come in in his debut race and nearly get into the points, that was pretty crazy. I was really impressed. Yeah, Williams. I mean, even all week, Albon was saying, oh, we have a terrible car. It's back of the back of the pack car and he was super down it was weird it's like why why are you being so down and your team's gonna reflect that be positive even if you don't have a good car say you have a good car yeah that's true you should definitely keep the morale of the the crew up for sure but album's kind of a funny interview so who knows if he was just playing it up for the cameras but i think also the other thing we haven't talked about Williams is kind of benefiting from the stumbling of some other teams. So definitely don't expect them to hold this place for the entire season, but maybe they do. It's, it's fun to, it's fun to see them start on a high note at least. Yeah. It was good to see them doing good and at least seeing them get some points. You know, you always wrote off Williams as being the last of the pack more or less. We've got a few more people to talk about until we actually get to the guy, the guys who were in the very back of the field. I think Williams is one of those teams who doesn't have a contract with Formula One for 2026, so I hope they do well. We'll have to keep an eye on them. I hope they become Andretti Motorsports. That would be that would be fun. I'd love an American team. team. I'd love an American team even more. I'd love just an 11th team in general. Or that. So after that, we have AlphaTauri, who to me, this was kind of the biggest disappointment of the opening race. They were almost good. And by almost good, I mean Yuki was almost good. Not who we thought was going to be almost good. I had really high <laughs> hopes for, for Nick. I, I thought he was going to show up, and I thought it was going to be kind of like a Kevin Magnuson debut race where he just came in and knocked everybody's socks off with his experience and his maturity and his ability to to adapt to the car quickly. Not what we saw. They were pretty bad. Yuki was was going at it near the end of the race, and that's good for him. He's right now the team leader, so he should be that that person that you can rely on getting points. But Nick had a just a I mean, he's a rookie. He's in a different class of racers now. These are all people who've been doing this, have been driving these cars at least for the past year. They know how they all react throughout a whole race. Even though he did great at Williams, that could have just been a fluke deal. I hope he does better, but that AlphaTauri just in general just looks terrible. Yeah, it definitely It feels like they turned in their paper like an hour before it was due. It looks, sort of, uh, it looks like they turned in last year's paper and just changed the date. <laughs> We've all done that, Caleb Jesus. Yeah, it's like they didn't they didn't do anything to last year's car and they were just like we're gonna change the paint up a little bit, release a new fashion line, and throw these guys on the grid. The only good news about Alphatari is it's early days for Nick DeVries. You know, he's gonna have he's gonna kinda have a mulligan for a while 
And I think Yuki did just enough today to be like, hey, look, I was almost in the points. I was right there. This may just be another rebuilding year for them. So after that, we got our good buddies Haas. Man, I hate this. Hulkenberg it was, rough. was looking so good in qualifying. But th I think this is just one of those cases where like Haas can hook it up for one lap in qualifying sometimes. But when it comes to race pace and trying to do it for an hour and a half, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, Hulkenberg got some damage. On the first lap, I think he blew off the side of his wing. So I don't know if he had to pit immediately he after that. Okay. Yeah, he did pit early, didn't he? That just screwed his race in general because I think he qualified. No, he no, it was 10 because he got a DNF. You're right. Uh, he went over. the He did track limits. I think he had originally classified as 6th or 7th, and then he got kicked down for, for limits. Yeah, I can't remember where he was going to be, but it... Was higher, I, I believe, than 10. So you could have told me Kevin Magnuson didn't race in the race, and I wouldn't have known either way. You didn't even hear or see the TV even cut to him. No, they were back markers pretty much the whole race. And yeah, I think that's what happened to Hulk. I think he got uh, a wing change early and wasn't able to climb the order after that. Yeah, and just to keep iterating on Magnuson, I mean, he just, <laughs> I don't know. I hope he does better. I hope we see Magnuson do better in the next few races. But right now, it seems like kind of Hulkenberg's got the captain seat over at Haas, and he's been off for how many years? <laughs> it is strange. So we'll have to, I don't know if that's them trying to help out Hulkenberg and tune the car more to his specifications, and it's not translating for Magnuson. I, I don't know. I hope we see some more good days from, from Haas. Yeah, it was rough. Uh, another Brazil would be so fr freaking cool for us. I cannot believe that we're at the end of the classifications and we're we're about to bring up McLaren. Yeah. What the heck happened to I this don't team? Know. This is a team who was best of the rest like a year ago. Yeah. I mean they're supposed to be battling for I guess battling Mercedes right now for P4. Oscar Piastri had electrical issues, I believe. Yeah. So we can't even really classify how Piastri where, would yeah, have done. Yeah, where he would have done. It, it just sucked for him. And then Lando Norris, he had, I think it was hydraulic pressure issues. Because every time he went into pit, they had to repressurize some kind of system. So he just limped along, basically. His engineer told him to have fun. <laughs> Lando, why don't you try and pass him and have some fun in P19 or whatever the freak he was in? I've got a crazy prediction that... Lando is it with McLaren very much longer. I don't know how long his deal is. I think his is one of those. I think it's it's one of the longer ones. I think it just says multi-year. I don't even think there's a an ending to it. But as we saw with Ricardo, you can kind of get out of that contract almost whenever you want to. The thing is, Lando is he's the right age. He's got the ability. I'm pretty sure you can make him second seat at Red Bull, and he would probably give Max a run for his money. Yeah. He's an extremely talented dude. Extremely consistent driver. Not one you see spinning out or, or fucking it into the wall or, or going over track limits a lot. The dude is steady. So if they can't keep a competitive car under him, yeah, he's going to be gone for sure. Maybe take over for Alonzo and Aston Martin in a few years when Alonzo retires so or something. I've he got, will go somewhere I've else. got a crazier prediction on that since I've been right on predictions a little bit this week. I think Valtteri Bottas retires within the next time whenever we see audi come up so alfa romeo is going to become the audi team i could see okay. botas potentially retiring because he's older i think and i could see lando going to race with audi 
What about Lando in a Mercedes uniform someday? Yeah, I guess you could see that too. Uh, you could see that. If Hamilton retires. It's McLaren, it's McLaren Mercedes, so it's not like there's kind of a relationship there. So I figured that would translate well. He he could translate well to the Mercedes car. Yeah, that's that's even more true. I, I could see him possibly replacing Hamilton, but who knows what how that's going to play out. I think we're going to see a lot of changes in 2026 whenever we get the new engines and new teams coming in. And I know that's a ways away, but it'll be here before we know it. I know that's so hard. That's such a hard thing to look forward to. It's like, Oh, three years from now, you know, a lot's going to happen. Most likely we're, that's going to be the Red Bull era until then, yeah. which is, I don't know. It's depressing to think about it like that. But when you have this kind of dominant of a one, two finish, it's hard to not think about. So, what are your kind of final thoughts on this Grand Prix and how would you grade this Grand Prix if somebody wanted to go back and watch it? So if you want to just watch it as a Fernando Alonso highlight and just watch him, you know, some of the overtakes that he did with Hamilton and signs, I mean, he really put on a masterclass and that car just seemed like he could kind of put it where he wanted to. But I give this race like a B, maybe a B minus. I think B minus is perfect. I think B minus, yeah. I mean, there weren't any safety car. We thought there was going to be a safety car when Leclerc retired, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting," because they did initially throw the safety car, but he pulled into a spot where they could just push the car back. So it almost got interesting near the end of the race, but yeah, it was just kind of like, eh. I think this race gets a bit of a curve because it's the first race of the season. So maybe if this race was happening. In the middle of the season, I'd be a little bit harsher, but I think B-minus is fair. The very front of the race wasn't super interesting. Honestly, it was the Mercedes and, and Aston Martin show, and seeing the old dog show off a new trick and just hearing Alonso be so excited about having a reliable car for the first time in a few years, it, it was a joy to watch. He's my favorite driver to watch. The, the guy has so much knowledge and technique, and to see him show it off in a vehicle that will do what he needs... It gets me excited about the season. My favorite part of this race was when Alonso passed Carlos for third. He goes, yes, bye-bye. <laughs> the like, dude's got charisma uh, for days. I'm so disappointed. I wanted to dance in the car. <laughs> I literally was waiting like, get, get out of the car and dance. I think I think we'll see that. I, I think he might get a get a, a win this year. So what, what would you grade? <laughs> what would you grade this race? I think a B minus is perfect. I think this would be more of a C if if it's happening later in the season and this is Red Bull's, you know, ninth win in a row. But since it's the first race of the season, B minus is perfect. And there was there was excitement to be had with Aston Martin kind of showing what they've been working on and, and the fruits of their labor and some rookies starting and kind of freshening up the grid. So I'm definitely excited for Saudi Arabia. Caleb, any more thoughts before we wrap up? I think that's it. Just go Red Bull. All right, guys. Well, be sure to check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.